Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't say you never get anything for free. You can get a free 30-day trial of Love Film, the one-stop shop to rent films and games online simply by going to thefootballramble.com slash lovefilm. Films and games by post, or you can stream films on your PC, TV, PS3, and now on your iPad. To check the terms and conditions, find out more, and claim your free trial, go to thefootballramble.com slash lovefilm now. your trousers up ladies and gentlemen it's the football ramble lovely to have you here and my name's marcus and i've got luke with me all right jim also hello not pete not pete but don't worry we've got a show for you <laughs> we're going to start by asking the question roberto mancini said peter crouch has got belonged in the nba more of a statement yeah oh yeah so it was <laughs> um uh, do the statement first then do the, the question. question yeah so that was the statement. Mm-hmm. Here's the question. <laughs> if you could see Peter Crouch play another sport, what would you like to see him do, Jim? Uh, I would like to see him play polo, but as the horse. <laughs> I think it would be enjoyable to see him. A bit, I mean, very undignified for him. Who on this um, back? Who on this back? Uh, just a generic jockey. Michael Owen. Michael, Michael Owen, why not? Yeah, Loves his like, horses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'd be well into it. Is yeah. it. Any sport that isn't football, he's into as well, like really passionately. That's true. It yeah. seems. Uh, they'd make quite a good double act, I think, on the old polo field. Yeah. I mean, obviously normal... Horse, actual horses, otherwise. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see that. Maybe ice skating as well be quite interesting. That would be very good ice skating, actually. Yeah, ice polo with again with crouch <laughs> with the as horse. the horse with ice skates <laughs> on the hands and feet. Yeah. Or, to be yeah. fair, no one's done ice polo. I don't think. No, probably quite dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I really struggled with this one. Did you? Yeah. I all I ended up writing down was horse racing on a massive horse. Really? Yeah. That's all you had. I think I think he'd be good as a jockey on a massive horse. He could sort of run be, alongside it with it between his legs. He'd be as a jockey. I had other ones were uh, diving. diving. Yeah, yes. that'd be good. Gangly diving. Yeah. Um, because well, he'd only be able to do one somersault before he yeah. had to exactly. Walk. I think he's so tall yeah. that like his feet would touch the end of the diving board, his hands would touch mm. the wall, and he'd just sort of hang off it. Yeah. Um, Basketball because he handles all the time. Well, that's what. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's done, done, it was, yeah, he's yeah. done what, that. What's your one? Pole vault. Pole vault, that, <laughs> yes, would, that good, would be yeah. good. Pole Gymnastics would be, be, be good as well. Yeah. Any sort of, you know, What flips. if established here is any other sport he does, he'd look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a gangly man. Yeah. Rugby. That's all we've learned. We knew snapped, that. If we played rugby, he'd get he snapped in half. He'd, <laughs> he'd get tied around the posts. Yeah. Like, it's um, banter. Yeah, true. They'd probably all get off with him and say it was gay if he wasn't shouting banter. There's a lot of banter in rugby. I don't even use the word banter. I'm going to take the points. What? For, for pole vault. An opening uh, question to forget there, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Outrageous. 
Oh dear, dear. let's move on um, to the Premier League. Um, a very important week for the world of football, um, obviously with regards to the Hillsborough investigation. And it was great to see the footballing community coming together in, in, mm. in that time. And I thought Match of the Day did a lovely, or Match of the Day Two did a lovely little um, uh, end where they put uh, all the names of the victims up. I did that on Match of the Day as well. I, oh, didn't, did see, I didn't see Match of the Day Two, but I yeah, presume yeah. I did it on both. Yeah, of yeah, them. yeah. Okay. I thought it was, a, it was a nice little touch. Um, and Liverpool themselves, they went away to Sunderland and drew one all. Should have won the game, perhaps, or certainly good enough to win the game. Luke, I thought they dominated every area. Yeah, I, th- I thought they were unlucky. Um, they had more possession. More shots. Um, there was an amazing moment with John Joe Shelby when the ball came to him, and he just—it was like he ne- didn't know what to do. Like, did you see that? What was, was that? Like, the, the I ball came, the game. There was a chance, mm. and the keeper dived into the near post and was sort of out of the picture, and it rebounded right out to him. He was a couple of yards outside the area, mm. and it was like he, he completely panicked, mm. and it like hit him on the shin and bounced about five <laughs> yards in front of him. I, I literally was got off my chair. I was like, "What was that?" <laughs> but other than that, I thought they were quite good. Yeah. What do you think of Shelby? Um, Oh, I don't know. He's, he's, I've, I had high hopes for him when he first signed because he came from Charlton, didn't he? He was really highly rated. Yeah. I don't know if he, he sat in the kind of youth team for a bit, didn't he? He's not, I don't know if he's had enough football to be. No. I'm not sure if he's quite good enough at this at this, at this stage. I don't know, maybe a loan move would suit him. Do you think? Yeah, maybe. I, th- I think that Liverpool. You know, if you look at their season so far, it's a fairly even game against City. You know, they, they, they drew two all. Mm. Perhaps, they look really good in that. They should have They should have won, won that game. Yeah. Should have. Okay, they got beaten by by Arsenal. Fair enough. The, the West Brom game was unfortunate. You know, they lost three 0 and had sixty percent possession. Mm. Yeah, I would probably but say I mean, they, that, that they were unlucky us, to lose. Yeah, it, it tells its own story, though, doesn't it? You, yeah. you, you can't blame too much on bad luck. You've got to sort of make your own luck in these situations. Yeah. And obviously, as we've said many times, Rogers has got to have time to put his style yeah. uh, on the team, and maybe that's what they're sort of having to calibrate, I suppose, I mean, as, that, as a unit. I think it's a disappointing start in in in, in a points tally sense. I mean, they're seventeenth or whatever, mm. but. Um, I, like you say, I, I think that I think they'll probably have a quite a good season actually. Yeah, and I, I mean, hope that, that means well. nothing now. What's that? The, the, the points total at the moment. What's yeah, a good really. season for them? Do you think? Um, I don't think they'll be knocking on the Champions League door. No, I think they've got to be looking Europa League. Yeah, okay. I think Raheem Sterling's been a bit of a revelation. He hasn't has, he? yeah, played a big part in the goal uh, for Suarez. And uh, did you see um, Alan Shearer's analysis of Joe Allen in the match today? That was weird. He basically like. He he basically seemed to sort of slate him for not lumping it. Yeah, that's right. Mm. He was he wanted to hit more l- longer balls. Yeah, and I sort of thought he missed the point completely because because um, he's not that type of player. Well, and he's got Gerard next to him to do that. Yeah, to give the ball away. A Ger- but, but, yeah, <laughs> but to be fair to Gerard, he is fantastic at hitting a, a diagonal. You know, yeah. a, lo- a long yes. pass rather than a, a hoof. But I think they complement each other very well. Alan, Alan's got great pass completion. You know, he's got better. I mean, it, for example, in the Sunderland game, he had better completion than, than Gerard and, yeah. and made more passes. You know, so. I think it's a bit unfair. I think, I think I think Liverpool have got a good side there, and I think if they can, it's the front three, isn't it? If Suarez um, can, you know, put a few chances away, a few. They have more. so many chances, don't they? Yeah, they do. and, and I think they hit if, the post all the time. They do. Well. I think, and I think if Barini just he's, he's he's I think he's had an all right start and he's looked lively. If he can just get himself going. Mm. And then you've got Sterling, who's showing great promise. I think they'll be all right. You know, it's just for me, it's that yeah. front three. Well, they need, need to they need to click. They don't know each other, do they? Yeah, of course. Suarez did an amazing dive where he's looking over at the referee before he'd even hit the deck. <laughs> yeah. mm. it, it's got to that point with Suarez now, unfortunately, that even if it is a legitimate penalty, you never know if he's going to get it or not mm. because people, rightly or wrongly, um, rightly have, a, have, <laughs> a, have, a, have, a, have an idea about the sort of player he is. Sadly, mm. I mean, it stands to reason that Suarez would win a lot of legitimate penalties because the really interesting about him is how he runs at players. He and he's runs tricky at and fast. defenders because yeah, he knows yeah. he'll be able to get round them. Yeah, um, um, at, you know the slightest. I, mean, I made a good point though that um, 
Because there, there was also, or was there contact? There was contact. Well, it is a contact, or at least a semi-contact sport. Contact's not good enough. It is, that, is that contact enough for it to be a foul? No. If, if no. you brush past someone and then dive, you've still dived. Yeah, exactly. It's like that, it's like that idea. That, I mean, and, and we've talked about this before a little bit, I mean, making the most of contact and stuff like that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's, that's legitimate, but I don't think it necessarily automatically you know, equates to a foul. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a contact sport. You know, mm. And it's, it's also that sort of myth where, oh, just because it's not a penalty means it's automatically a dive. That's not true either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Suarez probably was a dive, actually, and I think... That, I mean, the Welbeck one for United was as well. Robert Snodgrass did a shocking one for Norwich <laughs> against West Ham. So it's been a very bad, divey weekend, actually. Yeah, yeah. But I think, to be honest, to sum up with Liverpool, I mean, it's been a week where the football's very much played second, mm. second thing, mm, really. Yeah. So it's a shame we couldn't get a win. Um, it would have been timely, but, you know, you know they're going to be OK, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, another one-all draw in the Premier League was Stoke City versus Manchester City. Yeah. City just can't. Uh, Manchester City just can't win there. Can they? Well, it's not just City. A lot of the, the bigger sides struggling against Stoke at the Britannia because they, they have. They're just a nightmare to play against, aren't they? Nineteen ninety-nine is the last time City won at Stoke. Peter Crouch loves a goal against yeah. Manchester City. Mm. He basically cheated, though. <laughs> That's the, I don't understand why people come out and say, oh, yeah, at least he's honest about it. Well, if he's that honest, he'd say he when he did it. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, or he'd at least say when he did it, and so that can't be a goal. Peter Crouch is a bit of a cheater. You reckon? What else has he done? Peter Cheater. Uh, pulled the Trinidad and Tobago guy's hair. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In yeah. the World Cup. That's two incidents in a 10 year career. <laughs> <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't label well, you him. put me on the spot and I thought, <laughs> that, Jim, have you got that, one? That incident with the prostitute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> so, you see. Uh, Crouch is having his nachos. <laughs> <laughs> Proved, yeah, um, um, but Mike, he does come across as quite likable in interviews, though. Michael Owen still got it. Michael Owen did come on, didn't he? Everyone's been saying it, even though no one can possibly, literally, no one can know if he's still got it or not. Mm, that's true. They've not seen him play. Did you see? He was um, he, he was tweeting when he was getting burgled, Michael Owen. What at the same time? Well, there was well, yeah. He was watching. Um, he was watching his uh, CCTV, and he's I get the house. impression that he just, he would have been doing that anyway because <laughs> he's such <laughs> yeah. a such a dull man. Like, yeah, I just have a look at the garden without actually going out to the window. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was watching the CCTV, and a burglar was trying to break into his house, and he was um, posting a picture of it on Twitter, saying, "Great TV tonight." Been watching some fella on my camera for an hour, weighing up what to nick. Did loads of tweet on Twitter. Go, that's not the telly. That's like your <laughs> living room. Yeah. Is, is this Sort of the police got him. He watches. Oh, that's all right. After right. he hid in his van. All oh, right. Mm. He called Duncan Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it sort of bloke who would watch his garden on CCTV because walking to the window and looking into the garden is a bit of an emotional roller coaster for him, isn't it? Yeah. He doesn't like. It's too much. Bit, all that standing up. Yeah, is it's a bit like, knackering as well. Think? It's like having beans with chips and fish fingers. No, it's too much. It's too much colour. I want to keep it straight. Yeah. yeah. Have a Garcia. Yes, he scored a goal, a header. He's brilliant in the air. I was pleased with that because I said you that said a couple that, of weeks you ago. Did, yeah. Yeah. Mm. He should have had two. It's a great save. Oh, yeah, what a yeah, save yeah. it was! Yeah. Save of the season so far, definitely so far. Uh, oh, I my... don't know that Ali Al Habsi save um, for Wigan. Forget oh, it was a little while ago. That was amazing. Yeah, he, yeah. he was dreadful at the weekend. Though. I know. Well, yeah, he's undone that. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, we're yeah. taking that away from you. <laughs> taking it off you, now. Ali. You can't be considered for <laughs> save of the season now. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah. City dropping points already. Um, a Manchester United winning against Wigan. Yeah, with uh, you know with Rooney and Van Persie not starting the game as That's well, right, which is, yeah. shows you the strength and depth they got. As we mentioned about the diving, obviously Welbeck mm. um, has missed the penalty. Uh, Butner and Powell getting amongst the goals. Yeah, that, I mean, that Butner goal was so much of it was, again, was down to Ali Alhebsi though. It was yeah, a brilliant, brilliant run. It was, wasn't but, it? But yeah, uh, that's interesting to, to, to he see. He can't believe he's like Nick, can he? Nick Powell's goal was great as well. Yeah, class finish. Uh, and Skulls. Yeah. That man Skulls. Turning back the clock. No, he's still a footballer now. Yeah. He's just doing things now. Yeah. 
He just he can do it when he's a bit older than the, the average. I thought Welbeck was a disgrace. He, did, he had a couple yeah. of dives. He's really busy and he played quite well, but he was he needs to keep his on his feet. It's poor. Yeah. He seems to improve every time I see him play, but these things start creeping into his game. It's a bit annoying. There's an absolute quality uh, comedy uh, bit defended by um, by Boyce. When um, it was, they thought the Hernandez goal was offside. Yeah, and um, what it was was Boyce in the uh, right back position was playing him on by about three yards, mm. and he saw his defensive mates put his hand up. So he put his hand up, yeah. looked around, shuffled forward <laughs> like three steps, <laughs> and he started going mental at the ref. The linesman's not going to go. Oh, he, oh crap! He is. As yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never going to happen. He that saw it when the play was on. Wigan have um, done what they classically do which is finish the season really really strongly look really good like a really decent football yeah. side and then just start off as if they've no, made no progress again they just already look like you know they're going to struggle a lot was made of their sort of uh, appalling record at Old Trafford but then I don't think many teams have got a great record at Old no, Trafford I was so, yeah. you know, it doesn't really happen they don't lose an awful lot of games at home I thought Al Habsi was dreadful I really did mm. I thought he it's was, a change he's a good keeper he didn't, he didn't deserve that penalty against him no that, you know, he saved it well Apart from that, I mean, he shouldn't have been coming off his line for it anyway. Welbeck was struggling to get to the ball uh, and was right in the corner of the penalty area. Mm. Not, I don't really think there's any need for him to come out for that, even though it, you know Welbeck did cheat him out of, a, out of a penalty. I just thought it was a poor decision. And then he obviously f- uh, fumbled it for Scholes' goal, didn't he? Yeah. But the Scholes um, op- opened the score and then um, Nick Powell finishing the score. It was a nice little bookend. Mm. Yeah. Because I think there's 18 years difference between them or something, which is amazing. Marvellous. Uh, here's Sir Alex Ferguson, 25 years in charge, will be honoured with a bronze statue outside Old Trafford. That's not surprising, is it? Seems like there's a new significant milestone for Ferguson every week. <laughs> yeah, it went through that stage about a year ago where every single week something happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's got he's now got a stand named after him and he's got a statue. Yeah. Well, we love a statue on the Ramble. Yeah, yeah we, we do, do, don't we? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what one it is. Giving the hairdryer. Yeah, yeah, imagine that. Yeah, it's just got a hairdryer in the mouth. Oh. And you, you just have, you go up to it and you get the hairdryer experience. Yeah, there's a thing. Or that a was... massive hairdryer with mm. like a tiny Lego sized electrodes <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, speaking of the hairdryer, I'm not a... looking to disrespect the great man. Uh, <laughs> extracts from Wayne Rooney's um, book have recently been published. In, um, it's about a hungry caterpillar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, his book. I thought he said his favourite book. No, it's about a hungry bloke. <laughs> hey, we were all brought up on the hungry caterpillar. Yeah. I'm not knocking that. Um, That's very much not to the target of what I just said. True. Um, uh, and it was, and he was mentioning uh, Ferguson's infamous hairdryer treatment and saying there was nothing worse at times as you could imagine. He says sometimes he shouts back. Rooney? Yeah. I bet it's just gibberish, though. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. But he's just like, repeating what he's like yeah. a parrot. But, no, Urgh, no. Rooney smash. Rooney is bl- very much one of those blokes you can imagine he likes to have the last word, a bit like myself. He's he always chipping off back, I reckon. Mm. Well, he says... Um, Real dick. So, <laughs> but it's interesting that he says this while he's still being managed by Ferguson. Saying yeah, it's a dangerous game, isn't it? I've always find it astonishing that players, Man United players in particular, still do this after well, what he, happened with Yap Well, he shouldn't hmm. be writing a bloody book anyway. He should be doing that at the end of his career. Well, yeah. Didn't he have a? Didn't he sign a contract to do like five I when he was about so, eighteen yeah. or something yeah. crazy like that? Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and he, he said that um, you know that the the hairdryer treatment couldn't push it, uh, players on and spur them on, or it could just completely crush them and. and Make the lads' heads drop and all the rest of it. But, mm. Which is, but, but the, he is coming out and saying to the public, "This is the one th- one thing that that Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson is well known by." Mm, I'm not sure if it works or not. Yeah, but I, I'm sure I read a while back that Ferguson's really chilled out on his older age. He doesn't do the old hair dry much anymore. Well, I mean, who knows? But, but you're it, right. It is it's a, surprising. I'm surprised United and Ferguson and the decision makers at United let that go ahead, mm. let yeah. that come out and be published. Because it's under, as you say, it undermines it. Yeah. 
Mm, interesting. Yeah, dear. One man who certainly doesn't go in for that kind of thing is Roberto Di Matteo. No. Very calm man. Does whatever he's told. And <laughs> by John. Um, and they went to QPR, Chelsea did, and drew nil nil. Handshakes, etc. God, it's becoming really boring now, the handshake thing. It's happening all the time. Just get rid of them. I wanted to do a handshake before the rambles, though, but you boys wouldn't do it. Well, it was unnecessary, but we start on time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Graham Paul was saying this in uh, his um, article in that wonderful newspaper, the Daily Mail, um, and he was saying um, that the reason why it was brought in, brought in for the Champions League was was it respect, and then they brought it in the Premier League because there's a thing where the referee sounds the buzzer when he comes out to check players' kits and boots and all the rest of it. But but don't teams they delay? He was essentially this. saying that the reason for doing it is to make to make sure the game kicks off on time. Yeah, because the players don't respond to the buzzer, which tells them to go out and get ready. Because there's a bit of gameship, isn't there? Yeah, because they want they, the psychological advantage. Whereas yeah. the handshake makes them go out there together and get it get them out there. Yeah, that mm. was the reason why it was brought. I in. didn't know that. It's no, just I didn't. strange to me that. I think there's still too much homophobia in football. So to address it, they should get rid of the hand case, handshake, and all the players should kiss. Yeah, I'd start well each game that. just on the lips. <laughs> okay, yeah. Each player kisses each player. And then they just get on with it. That'd be nice. It'd be a nice gesture. Be interesting to see if Terry and Anton would have kissed. But you're absolutely right with the, with the handshake before the game. I think that I, I agree with what most most people have been saying, which is that it's a bit contrived. I think. Yeah, it is well, contrived. If you have to force people to be polite, it's not really polite, is it? You should you should play the game, and if you've earned each other's respect, shake their hand at the end. You know, we've all played football. You know what it's like. You seek people out to shake their hands after the game. What's mm. wrong with that? But I, I did think to myself about Anton Ferdinand doing that, and I thought it was a shame because, of course, he's the innocent party. But I thought. Ah, he had you have shaken Terry's hand. You know, you would have been... You'd have been the bigger man. Et cetera, et cetera. And I, I just thought it was ever so slightly childish from from Ferdinand. And I thought, I don't want to think that because he's not done anything wrong. Well, I don't know, mate. If At the same time, sometimes you've got to stand up for something you believe to be right. And if, if John Terry had racially abused me, I wouldn't want to shake his hand. You know, I don't want to shake his hand anyway. No, yeah, I don't. True, true. I, I, I do take your saying. point, but I think the only thing I'd add to that is it's very much Anton Ferdinand's decision. But I'd, I'd like to think, you know... It's difficult to put yourself in that position, of mm. course. You'd like to be able to move on if you could. But Jisung mm. Park snubbed him as well in the he coin did. toss and the handshake. Yeah. So I don't know whether Jisung Park was a bit like, look, I want to sort of stand by you. Mm. Uh, but then at the same time, you'd wonder whether all the other players would do that. I mean, it, it could have gotten to a farcical situation where none of the players would shake John Terry's hand. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd have quite liked that, I think. And, and he snubbed Ashley Cole as well, right? He did. Cole spat in the opposite direction when he yeah, did class it. Did he really? Yeah. He's a class act, isn't he? He's, I don't know whether. I don't, I'm not down recently, isn't he? Carl, I'm not saying so. that, that could have been coincidence. You are. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, almost swerved off the road yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he didn't shake his hand. Right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's worth oh, pointing out as well that Terry was found innocent of these charges. But Anton Ferdinand clearly believes in his head that that wasn't. Well, just. Yeah, well you still could be found guilty. Of but but, charge, but yeah. to take that, you know, you remember when we um, profiled Clarence Seedorf? I think we spoke about this in the profile of him that he was once racially abused during a match by um, a player. I forget who. And then after the game in the players' lounge, this young lad came up to Seedorf and was wanting a photo and his autograph and all. And Seedorf looked up, and it was the son of the the player mm. who had been abusing him. Mm. And the guy, the the player, obviously looked very awkward. And Seedorf, you know, would have been well within his right to go, oh, sod off, mate, or whatever, yeah. you know. But he didn't. Seedorf sort of shook his hand, and he said he belittled the guy doing that. And the guy was just felt like really sheepish and was very much put in his place, you know. Mm, and, yeah. I, and I quite like that approach. You yeah. Know? But if every, I've if not every been... footballer could be as big a man as Clarence Seedorf, it'd yeah. be a very different game. It would be a magnificent. It'd be hundred ninety nine every game. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's never happened to me, etc. Et so yeah. there we are. But, but um, speaking about the football, yes. Um, Cesar made a sharp save, didn't he? Earlier? Did it's good to see. It's it. good to see Julio Cesar looking a little bit like Vince Vaughan. Yeah, yeah, he does actually. Mm. 
They're a very strange team, QPR. You just expect new players to pop up every week. They just. But you'd have never have thought who says that. I know he's. I know that's a huge one. Isn't it, it is really, isn't it? Yeah, but he did pipe up and say, "I'm here to get QPR to the top four and then to the title." And it's a bit. Yeah. Like, mm, I think you might have had your wall pulled over your eyes. Well, yeah. He's, he's, he's doing there as well. I mean, that's a huge. Yeah, Granero as well. He's well at. He's loving not being at Real Madrid anymore. The way they're going. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> he's bringing them up. How are you getting on? Yeah. Ah, yeah. More on that later. We are going top four and then title. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Ryan Nelson. He's Japanese. He is Japanese. Like Pete. Um, <laughs> Ryan Nelson said uh, about that incident with John Terry. It's funny. He's, um, after the game, when he looked like a naughty little schoolboy looking yeah, down, he, he was sort of, well, if you ask John. Yeah. Uh, he said that um, he said to John Terry, apparently, when he fell over, he said, that was a bit embarrassing. And he said, Terry just laughed and ran off. Did you yeah, think it was I don't think Terry gets embarrassed. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Not very easily, anyway. Did you think it was a bad I don't think his reptilian brain has that kind of, um, you know, the capacity for that. I, right, did, David I, did, I didn't think I didn't think it was a penalty, no. No? No. I, I thought it's one of those things that if, if you... Um, he shook his head, ladies and gentlemen. If you, if you start giving penalties out for that, then bloody hell. Uh, it's one team, of, team Nelson. It's, yeah, it's funny. It's <laughs> funny that because I've seen John Terry do that the other way, and the penalty's not been given. But the same times, occasionally, very, very rarely, sometimes referees will just give them, won't they? Yeah. I mean, Mike Dean's a bit of a one for that. He seems to give him for that sort of thing, but you don't see him given very often. And I, I think Terry went to the ground very easily as well, actually, mm. in that incident. But then I do hate John Terry, so I might be biased. Impossible to yeah. be objective. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, Jim's Arsenal, as they're now known. Six-one, uh, yeah. Jim. That oh, is lovely. Love. We were talking to Luke about this earlier, um, oh, yeah. and it's something I touched on in a, in a piece I wrote this week. A lot of the time, people seem to have, have almost expressed surprise at the last couple of kind of uh, performances from Arsenal, um, yeah. because what happens every summer is Arsenal lose a big player, and uh, <laughs> it becomes longer and longer since they've won something. And people mm. go, oh, they're finished, they're over, yeah, they, won't, yeah. they won't even be topped like seven, they're no. going to be rubbish. And people get Arsenal mixed up with a side that have lost loads of players and not won anything for a while for a bad side. Yes. They forget that they're still a very, very good side. Right. And they obviously showed that against Southampton. I mean, it was some proper stop it in yourself moments for, yeah. for Southampton. Yeah. Is that two um, wins in a row for us? It is, isn't Never it? Seen only the only one goal conceded as well the whole season fire. so far. And that, and that goal was a, basically an Ridiculous. error. Ridiculous. It wasn't yeah, an organisational really. problem. Wenger was furious with Chesney for that. You could, you could see that. But um, yeah, I mean, Arsenal could have had more as well. Giroud um, uh, was apparently screaming at Theo Walcott to put him through late on. He needs a goal as well. He does. Um, hugely. If he can get off the mark, then that's, that's good. But what it will do for Arsenal is give them co- you know, confidence <clears> in their goal scoring ability, which when you've, when you've lost a player like Van Persie that brings you so many goals you need to do that Podolski and Cazorla have just been revelations a pair of them they've both been brilliant they have been, Podolski yeah. is an absolute bulldog he's got yeah. real strength mm. and he, he'll get in the mix in midfield as well and that's, that's what they've, they've needed Cazorla's a stocky stocky guy as well and Arteta is kind of playing almost Perlo style role where he's shielding that back four but sort of really just distributing from deep and it's, it's brilliant it's really I enjoyable th- to watch them at the moment Podolski's got an amazing voice yeah. His voice is really funny. It's like a, like a really deep cartoon style German accent. Yeah, absolutely. It's and he goes, uh, he kept going to, he kept saying the interview. It's Rainier Wolfcastle. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it really is like that. And, and he kept saying, uh, <laughs> the boss, Arsene Wenger. Yeah. The, bo- the boss, Arsene Wenger. Yeah, we know who he is. Yeah, he's just making sure he gets it right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. He's a great it, free kick player. Practicing his English, it was. It was brilliant. I liked uh, I like uh, the way Arsenal played them out. I thought the Southampton were poor. They made some mm. dreadful errors at the back. They look out of their they depth. Such but a horrible run. They have had a horrendous <laughs> running, but you, it's the manner of the defeats. You know, they've gone two up and, and lost from from that position twice, and uh, also to lose six one. Was it was it twice? Was that right? No, oh, they were two one up against it. Two one up against yeah, it. Well, yeah. still, you know, they've lost from winning positions against big teams, and obviously getting absolutely battered. It's it's a worry for Southampton. But Nigel Adkins sensibly said, or in my view, sensibly said. 
you know, when we saw the, the opening four games, we knew it'd be tough, and anything mm. we got out of that would have been a bonus. Really, realistically, our season starts against yeah. Villa next week. So I mean, remember, they did play Wigan at home, though. It's a dangerous game to play, though, isn't it? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, but what can they do? You know, they've, they've got to get on with it. He's got to say that. They've got to keep their heads up. They were unlucky in the Wigan goal. A couple of it? results can change everything this early on. The Kone goal was. Yeah. yeah, it was questionable. Well, yeah. Unlucky in that game. But uh, good news for Arsenal, though. Maybe with a little bit of the spotlight off them, they could I win th- the league. I, th- <laughs> I, I genuinely think they'll be decent this season. We said yeah. it in, in, when we before we, before the, before the um, season started properly. We said yes, they've lost Van Persie, but the players they've signed are all quality. Like Kazor is a brilliant football player. Yeah. Podolski's got a hundred international. Cases. They're decent players. Yeah. I and think the, they've the replaced defense, Van Persie with those players. The, I, well, I mean, they were clearly they were always the, the plan. And if the, if Giroud can get scoring, that will make a big big difference. I mean, yeah. I think they have an outside chance, especially if they can keep defending as they have. Well, Bold's been an absolutely ever, huge. Steve huge Bold thing. stepped in there. It's no coincidence yeah. they started defending really I mean, well. Kshani was probably Arsenal's well, easily Arsenal's best defender last season. He's not getting in the team at the moment because Vermaelen and Mertesacker are playing so well together. So there's depth there. Mm. Mm. That's worth pointing out. That's a good point. And yeah. Sang is not even back yet. Mm. You know, Jenkins has been really good um, in the games he's played. He's really stepping up. You don't so say that great. very often, do you? No. <laughs> Elsewhere in London, Dimitar Berbatov is happy mm. and he's scoring goals and Fulham are winning. Brilliant. He said that, didn't he, after the game? He scored two. First one was a lovely one and uh, Fulham won 3 0. And he said, you know, if, if I'm happy and, and whatnot, then uh, I'm going to play football better or something. He said like it in a very that. sexy way. He said, um, when I enjoy myself, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine sent me a... Martin Yoles behind the camera going, oh yeah. I've been using that with a few ladies on the way out from the studio. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does. He talks to girls in the street. It's disgusting. That's me, not Bowser. A friend of mine sent me a text. Um, our mutual friend Scott, in fact, Marcus, oh, yeah. um, sent me a text um, about a chant that the Fulham fans were singing oh, to which was, um, don't go chasing fullbacks. Please stick to the smoking and the goals that you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, isn't it? Really? I like that. That's excellent. I, th- I think. Um, I think somebody said it on Matter of the Day. Uh, a big fish in a small pond. Mm. Uh, you know, at the age of thirty-one. She's good to see him playing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what any player that's in a situation like that should want. One thing I feel I should remind you guys of is that the last full season he played, he was top scorer in the Premier League. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, it was one of those bizarre situations at United. It wasn't like he was dropped for being shit. It was because he dropped just because he didn't fit in this particular yeah, system, and they right. bought other strikers, and he couldn't get a look at it. It was a bizarre situation. Well, it's like when Van Nistelrooy had to move on. It's the Absolutely. system evolved around him, or, or evolved him out almost. And those other players. That Fulham have signed um, seem to seem to have settled in quite nicely they actually. have and that was a good win against West Brom who started the season very well and I know Adam Vingy went absolutely mad that was outrageous but he seemed really affronted that you're not allowed to kick someone in the balls he, he apologised afterwards though well not really he said it doesn't want it, let's hope it doesn't happen again he never actually that's apologized. down to you pal yeah <laughs> but it was strange though because um, the fullback uh, Rita just sort of nicked it off him. He didn't, bru- you know, smash him or anything, and he just turned around. Clark and looked absolutely furious, and you don't want to see a furious Scotsman waiting for you, do you? No, no. It, it was like. It, but the thing is, for Odin Wingy, knowing what we know about him, having seen him play a few times, it did seem to be like a few seconds of just red mist. It wasn't. He's mm. not like normally. Yeah, of like course, that. yeah. Right. It's probably his first. But red that's card. what makes it so unusual. That's the last thing you'd expect from him. Mm. Absolutely. Kataniklic looks like um, he looks a good player, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. I loved uh, Berbatov's little expression after his penalty. Did you see it? What was that? He one? sort of just nodded to the guy. I forget who it was. Came up to celebrate with him. And just sort of went, well, yeah. What would you expect? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I was in the school. And that's so surprised. Yeah, it was a really nice. It was a, it, yeah. Basically, he's the next Bond. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely the next. Oh, Andy, bond. Well, Andy Garcia stunt double. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
said before. Yeah. I think it's been said many a time. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the championship, where black free-scoring Blackburn mm. Rovers yeah. hit five away um, at Bristol, Bristol City. City. That was an c- absolutely clownish game. They Some three. of the goals in that were like, it was like a, a grown-up playing a child at FIFA. <laughs> I've, I've never seen so many defenders in a penalty area do so little yeah. <laughs> at one time. 5-3 to Blackburn. You, know, you see, I just assumed Blackburn weren't doing very well because he's still in charge. But they've got so many Premier League quality players. But I, I suddenly was like, are they top? Yeah, yeah they are. I did want... I mean, Nuno Gomes is 36. We've got three goals in five games for Blackburn mm-hmm. so far and he's obviously doing the business at that level Danny Murphy so and Dixon are two who have played regularly yeah. together and they're both decent players still. Well, have you Jordan think- Rhodes. I spent £8 million on yeah. Jordan Rhodes and he's scored twice. Yeah, it's if, already paying off. If you if you um if you think of the players I've got who could argue playing the Premier League still, Murphy a two who, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Rose probably could. Scott yeah. Dan, Scott Dan, Nuno Gomez, Pedersen, he's still decent enough. I mean, Robert Robinson. I think yeah. Stuart Ripley and Mike Newell are still there. Yeah, exactly. Will Tim Cox. Sherwood shoring up in front of the back four. David <laughs> 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 Batty. Uh, the defending for Rochina's goal, it's, especially, was just so bad. It yeah. was so bad. <laughs> it's laughably bad. Yeah, but, but Rovers have spent loads of money, haven't they? They're obviously, yeah. they, they, they need, they're, it's like West Ham last season. Yeah. They need yeah. to get promoted. That's right. They've made trouble. some very weird signings as well. They've signed a lot of young Portuguese players. But it, it looks like they've got them in bulk. It's really yeah, odd. The Keen to the, admitted they hadn't really seen players. Yeah. So, so I wonder if they'll get anyone near the team. I don't know. No. Uh, Brighton, sort of free scoring size. They beat Sheffield Wednesday 3 0. They failed to score in the first two games of the season, did Brighton, but have scored 11 in their last three. Craig McCall Smith has got five of them, and Wayne Bridge has got two. Yeah, I always forget Free he's scoring Wayne, Wayne Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I forget he's well, a two. footballer. Two. Yeah. <laughs> For Wayne Bridge, yeah, come on. True, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> McCall Smith seems to have clicked into gear, actually. Yeah, well, he had a decent season last season, didn't he? Yeah. He started off this season very slowly, though, didn't he? Yeah, so, so Brighton are right up there. Did um, you see um, Craig Bellamy's goal for Cardiff? My oh, God! Yeah. He came off the bench for Cardiff, changed the game, scored a free kick. Mm. Oh, it's miles out in the corner of the penalty area, but further out, Bellamy. smashed it into the top corner. Mm. It's a brilliant goal. He should eat up that league, really. Oh yeah, it? definitely. Yeah, yeah. They, they beat at uh, least two one tasty game it was as well. Oh, that was always going to be a tasty yeah. one, mm. Cardiff. Yeah. Yeah. And Thomas didn't score again for Blackpool. Didn't he, he did. Yeah, He's, he can't stop scoring. A lot of goals in the game on that plane. Get everybody on the he's plane. Got, he's got to have a bit. I mean, Blackpool fans won't thank me for saying this, but he's got to have a big move in him sooner or later. I think he might go. His chance yeah. to go in January, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we shall see. Um, uh, Peterborough struggling, aren't they? They got beaten five-two by Burnley. Eddie Howe looks a million dollars. Well, yeah, Burnley have had a couple of sloppy results, but there's a better one for them. But Peterborough, right down at the bottom, lost all their games, haven't they? Hmm. Oh dear, oh dear! But I, I enjoyed. Uh, sorry, about it, I enjoyed yeah. uh, Dickerchoy's uh, goal for uh, Palace against Charlton. It's just uh, the championship. Did you see the um, goalkeeper, Charlton's goalkeeper, Hamer? He, he, they were one 0 down like the last minute, yeah. and he went up uh, for a corner, mm. had a little bite of the cherry. <laughs> uh, it was cleared, and oh, uh, that's right, over his yeah. head. And he, I'll have another go at this. Yeah. Overhead kicked it. The most awkward looking <laughs> overhead kick I've ever seen. He went miles into the stand. It's a good effort, though. I applaud the effort. Oh, the goalkeeper doing overhead. There was a Danish keeper in like the Danish third division or something. There was a video doing the rounds. who scored an overhead kick. He scored it. Yeah, mm. amazing. You know, Schmeichel-esque. Absolutely. Uh, and we're going to mention Hull City, who are doing pretty well as well, beating Millwall four. One, so all hotting up. Basically, go to your local championship game. There'll be loads of goals and some yeah. good ones as yeah. well. Yeah, mm. it really is. Uh, but it's not the best league in the land because the SPL, ladies and gentlemen, is where it's all at. St Johnston beat Celtic two one. Celtic are fifth with a game in hand on eight points, but it's Motherwell who lead the way. The still men, uh, twelve the points. Well. <laughs> Gone the well. Motherwell are here. A Celtic, t- a t- a Celtic targeted top five this season. Celtic, well they're they're fifth. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, to consolidate they're, that yeah, they're, they're on track. I <laughs> cannot begin to tell you how exciting this. 
this is. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. I mean, because the, the great thing is, there must be this collective feeling in the SPL that it's <laughs> us against them. <laughs> Let's all gang up on Celtic. You know, exactly. um, any word from the Gorgies? Uh, two points, two two wins off the top. <laughs> <laughs> what about Craigie Brown's boys? Uh, they drew, didn't they? Um, they've they, got they've, they've just got another coach. They can't, they can't score. I think Aberdeen. They need to. They need to. Who, who's the, co- who's yeah, the coach? Uh, Jock Scott. I think he might. I think they might have with Brown and Scott the oldest and coach Archie. team. Yeah, and Archie as well. The Archie oldest not. coach team of all time. Mm. They're, they've got well over hundred years old apparently. But I was um, stories though. Imagine yeah. having a cup of tea with those boys. Hey, is he talking shit again? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that no team outside Delphi. I think it was a nothing, nothing result they got. Oh, was it? Yeah, so. he'll do that. Um, <laughs> there, there was. Um, I don't think any teams won the SPL since eighty outside the old firm since '85. And that was that was, that was the, the magnificent Ferguson, Dons, yeah. Ferguson's Aberdeen. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see what. Well, happens. this is the year. I'm telling you, this is the year. Hips well, are I mean, up to every year is a potential year now until no, no, Rangers no, no, get it, back. You no, know, but like, it's, it was always a yeah. You're right. I mean, it was always a three horse race. Now Rangers are out of it. It's, I mean, I'd say it was. A ten horse race, yeah, yeah. maybe they're, always they're a three all, horse race. They're all in it? there. Uh, all I in don't there. think I didn't notice you slipped that one in. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the Hibs they beat Kilmarnock two one. They're second on eleven points after after six matches. They're flying as well. Mm. My goodness, it's it's takeoff time. It's the most exciting league in Europe. It's the most exciting. League. <laughs> it's the most exciting league in Scotland. Yeah. Um, and st- to be fair, that's still an achievement yeah. considering <laughs> what it's been in the, yeah, the last two hundred years or whatever. Um, yeah, so uh, SPL, absolutely magnificent scenes. Uh, we go to the Scotland of the South, La Liga, where... Oh, I was, um, I was, I was hoping oh, you, you were going to... Well, I was hoping... Well, I'll we'll have a little snifter, if you don't mind. All right, okay. I was hoping that you were going to mention De Canio's uh, little uh, interview. He's done another one. Oh, for Swindon. He did about a five-minute interview did, after their yeah. draw. Um, was it oh, two? are you frost? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> this will be every week, though. It, yeah, I know, but it was funny because it was like, <laughs> they drew two all against Carlisle. Yeah. And he said it was a better performance than last week, but I, I, I demand, I implore you to go to the BBC website <laughs> and listen to this interview. It's a radio interview. And he starts off talking about, like, in all sorts of fascism euphemisms, like strong mentalities and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But after about three minutes into the interview, it is genuinely impossible to work out what he's saying. <laughs> he's, going, he's going like he's going like quite ranty, yeah. and he's getting really sort of excited about it. Mm. And his act, his accent is so heavily Italian; <laughs> it's impossible to what he's saying. And the guys interviewing him just sort of ask really generic questions. Yeah. He can't work out the sort of gist of it. It's worth checking out. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, La Liga, where Real Madrid are struggling. They lost mm. to Sevilla one nil, and Mourinho said after the game, "At the moment, I have no team." So there are very few heads who are committed and concentrated, and who have football as the priority in their lives. Well, it's the eight points off Barcelona after four games. That is an absolute. That is a nightmare. They put Scotland in context. Un- unimaginable. Again. Isn't no, they, it? They've, 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 I'm pretty sure they've never overhauled an eight-point deficit over Barcelona, and they've already done that. They've got it after four games. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I suppose because it's so early on, it might give a kind of tortoise in the hair uh, mentality to the, well, the situation, I guess. But Barcelona are looking great. They've got David Villa back as well. He's already scored. Yep. It's. Oh. Yeah, I, th- I thought Madrid would fly out of the blocks. I what really you, did. But what do you think about Mourinho's comments? I mean, he, he did say, "But I am the coach, and if there are people who are, aren't committed, it's my fault." And then former Real Madrid president um, Ramon Calderon said in the press that uh, the players could just as easily say that they don't have a coach right now. Well, look, but mm. Madrid more than anyone are obviously an absolute bunch of fancy dans. It's, it's just so clear. You only yeah. have to look at them to see that you, the, the way they carry themselves, the just sort of attitude that is around the club. I'm not surprised by that. I'm, they do rate themselves uh, in, in a way that you 
you don't really get out of the Barcelona player. So there probably is something to that. Maybe you know, they won the league last last season. They've been really hotly tipped to actually be a lot more effective uh, in Europe. And maybe they believe in the hype of it a little bit and just slacking off. Because, you know, La Liga has been such a two-horse race for such a long time. Maybe they're disregarding other sides. And they were poor against Sevilla as well. They, they were. Yeah, they, they went 1-0 yeah. down really early. They had the whole game to get back into it and they just couldn't find but, the but gears. But the thing was, though, they, they, they were getting the chances. And Iguain was a surprising one. Mm. He got in the position and it was almost like, well, it's already in. Oh, and, and fluffs it. I, I was just going to uh, agree with what Jim said. I was going to just add to that, that I think they've been poor. And what I've seen of them this season, they've not even been that good. It's not as though they've been peppering everyone and been unlucky. They've just not been good enough. And then if you add into the mix, they've got these problems with Ronaldo off the pitch as well, who's obviously their biggest player. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult for them. They want to get, you know, they want to get Kakar off the wage bill. It's, they're finding it very difficult to sort it out. And Ronaldo's claims, by the way, and his um, his problems. I mean, they are. I was speaking to Andy Brassel about. They are pretty legitimate. I mean, yeah. he's very underpaid for the for the level of player he is. And Real Madrid doesn't look like they can afford to give him any more money. So mm. it doesn't. It, it's not immediately apparent how they're going to resolve that issue. And Barcelona, you know what they're like. They won't care about Real, what Real Madrid are doing. They just carry on steamrolling people. Mm. And 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 Real Madrid will have to hope that Barcelona go through that. One of those phases they sometimes have in the league where they can't beat teams away from home. They find it hard to break teams down sometimes. Other than that, they've got no chance. It seems crazy to say it. We're not even out of September yet. But as I said, they've, they've not, never overhauled that point. They've, they've not met each other yet. On no. current form, Barcelona well, will smash them. Yeah. Well, in the Super Cup, though, Real Madrid were very good. Mm. So they were. Um, Puyol Maybe they thought they'd won the league. They've got so used to only really caring about Barcelona. They thought, oh, we're done now. Um, Puyol's body's starting to let him down by looking yeah. as well. He keeps getting injured, doesn't he? So maybe that'll be a bit but of a. They've seen one. this coming, though, haven't they? They're well prepared for that. Mm. Um, Levante haven't had the best of starts so far to La Liga. We spoke a lot about them last season, but they've just signed somebody who's going to help them out. Oberfemi Martins. 18 year old Oberfemi Martins. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I think he's in his peak of his career now. <laughs> Um, it got him from Ruben Kazan, so it'd be interesting to see what the, uh, the nippy Nigerian can do. Mm. Barcelona were pretty uh, ruthless, weren't they, against Getafe as well? Yeah. And, and Bill Bow, that was another amazing game. They, Three all. It's crazy entertainment value. Sp- <laughs> they conceded twelve goals in their opening four games this season. <laughs> They're still doing okay. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they the won, one of them was a clean sheet. To be fair, they won two nil. I think. Okay, right. Yeah, interesting. Um, so yeah, there you go. Not as exciting as Scotland, but still Spain will provide <laughs> something. Uh, Serie A. Oh, Milan mm. had, uh, losing at home. Well, is it? Atalanta one nil booed off. Mm. Uh, Allegri was saying that to, to lose your first two home games of the season isn't pleasant. I'd say it was far from that. And he also said that there are some young lads here that they need to grow up quickly. And I think that's a fair point. I mean. They had such a clear out at the yeah. end of last season with so much experience mm. and also and their th- best two players. Well, I think the problem was, was it was a clear out they didn't want to have. Yeah. That they were forced but to. It was inevitable. They, yeah, it was, but they, they've not replaced Thiago Silva. Well, well the clear out, I'm talking about the old. either. Yeah, but I'm talking about the, the, the more experienced players, you know, the Inzaghi. Oh, I, I know you are. Right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, all of, all, it was a terrible time in it that financially they had to bring in some cash and a lot of these players were just reaching the end of their, you know, their kind of footballing natural lives. Mm. Um, so it's just a perfect perfect storm of holy fuck for yeah. Milan really isn't it <laughs> they've not prepared for the inevitable departure of those players 
that, as you no. touched on, the, the financial thing is um, is difficult for them. Yeah, that was another example. I mean, just to t- I mean, following on to what we just said about Real Madrid, Milan, they were poor against Atalanta. It wasn't that they really they was struggled. Mm. Abiati, I think, got man of the match, yeah. and they still lost one 0 Well, and then and they're not the sort of side that often, you know, in the last few years have brought in a lot of youth players, and they're quite an impatient lot, as you can imagine, because they've had a lot of success. Mm. I mean, who have they brought in on, of note? They've got Pazzini, who's done okay. Yeah. De Jong, who's a typical Allegri player, functional, yeah. not going to mm. excite the fans, yeah. and they've got both. Bojan alone. That's all they've got, yeah, really. It's not. And Bojan didn't exactly set the world alight for Roma, so it's. No. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, hope on El Sharawi. Sharawi's. Yeah, uh, yeah. But well, Bandini. Paolo Bandini was talking about that. Um, I don't want to call him Bandini. That's very rude of me. Sorry. <laughs> like like Arturo Bandini. Yeah, um, Paolo Bandini said that you know the, the formation they're playing isn't suiting the players they've got, and no. everyone seems to know that apart from Allegri. And I think from what I can. Um, sort of gleam by reading between the lines that Berlusconi doesn't really like Allegri but uh, Galliani does and that's why he's still in a job effectively uh, but you wonder mm. how they, I mean do you know what I thought when I saw the uh, Atalanta game I sort of thought this is the sort of game that Zlatan would bail him out of mm. he'd get a goal yeah, well, totally, or he'd yeah. get a couple of goals even because he's you know he, he, he can pull a goal out of nothing yeah. and yeah. That, never, that never looked likely to happen they don't have a goal scorer in that side no Patsini, you hope. I mean, he got the was it the hat trick the other week? But his his form has been very patchy. It recently. has been patchy, yeah. but they do not have a proper goal scorer. Where they, they tend to the, the history yeah. of that club with big goal scorers. And I thought they looked slow as well. Atalanta's goal is a great example of them just not pressuring the ball, not getting anywhere near it. It was a nice passing move, and it was finished with a sort of a, a reasonably good shot into the bottom corner from quite far out. The Abbiati couldn't quite get to it, but there's no pressure on the ball. At no. all the time in the world, he wanted to take the shot, and that was so typical of them, really. Mm. And and I tell you what, when it comes to the Champions League. I mean, they really could could struggle, and, and that's got, well, they've got Malaga, Zenit, and Anderlecht, haven't they? Well, just the, the sugar daddy nature of football means the power balance of, of these sort of teams is, is shifting. You look at you know the Paris Saint Germain cherry picking AC Milan's two best players, yeah. and Milan being powerless to do anything against it. What sort of bizarro <laughs> world is yeah. that? Well, it's really worth pointing out, Jim. By the way, you said as you said earlier, they've not replaced Thiago Silva as Latan. They can't. No. That's, he's the best defender you, in the world and I'll be the best striker one of the best strikers in the world. how are they going to replace him it's mm. impossible yeah. Yeah. I mean uh, so many people said it but would it have not have been an ideal situation for all to get Kakar in on loan well, I'm sure they would have tried that I don't know the, why the, they didn't yeah, there must, the, have, been must have been some yeah. sort of spanner in the works of that because mm. that does make perfect sense for everybody involved or maybe it would it, actually I'll tell you what it, probably, what it probably was was that um Madrid would have wanted Milan to pay more of Kaká's wages or all of their wages than uh, than they would have been um, I just think open to. With all the it's players, going to be something like that. With all those players they've lost and the status of the, of Serie A, it's probably just a case that they can't attract these big strikers. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at the, the big strikers that are on the market. I mean, for example, someone like uh, Falcao's a bit of a bad example because he's not been at Emil Heskey. Yeah, yeah, he's still without a club. <laughs> so get on the phone. <laughs> yeah. No, but someone like Llorente, he, well, he's not going to go to Milan, is he? No. I mean, he knows. And he's that's got... the thing. But you know, Milan were one of those clubs. And, in, and, and I suppose in my heart they probably still are, and, and, and maybe for yourselves as well. But they're one of those clubs who certainly were. If they come knocking, you go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, Manchester United, Football Real Madrid, Barcelona. Mm. They're one of those clubs. They come knocking. You, I can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. not anymore. That's no, right. And I don't not. think any club in Italy is. I mean, Juventus were for a while. Mm. Yeah, well, Van Persie said the thing that put him off about, or well, it was widely re- sort of sort of suspected that the thing that put him off at Juve was this match fixing business, mm. alleged match fixing that's oh. happening, and the fact that Conte would have been suspended for. 
so long ruled it out yeah well I mean it's really it, dog to selling football it's like still this. the Calciopoli scandal is, is the scars are still not properly healed are they mm. because there are things like this happening and the league did suffer um, a kind of dip in its credibility and its status that it's still not recovered from mm. it's such a shame but, but what Juventus have done is they've got a good system they've got a good coach okay he's um you know, banned from the touchline and all the rest mm. of it. Um, but they're playing good football. You know, they get. Well, a they good have a lot of Italian win. players as well. They don't do. They? And that's that's made a big difference. Absolutely. I love that Giovinco is known as the atomic ant. Great <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. They had a good win. Um, but Inter are looking all right. I mean, they've got Melito and Cassano. I mean, they're probably the, the side who have got the most um, world worldly recognised players. You know, mm. Schneider and Melito. When we um, when we mentioned the uh, the ridiculous nature of Argentina's front line last week, we didn't even mention Melito. Yeah. No. That's how good Doesn't they are. Yeah. 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 He'd be England's best striker. Yeah. Oh, head and shoulders. Yeah. But um, uh, the, the one side I was. You know, it's early days still, but really hoping they could make a challenge with Roma. I go 2 0 up against Bologna. I'm thinking, mm. that's it, lads. And then Bologna with an unbelievable comeback with um, Giardino and Diamante. Yeah. Two good players. Lovely. Giardino's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, Diamante's, you know, no one really expected him to, to play much in the year 2012 or even get into the squad initially, but he's shown his quality, actually. Mm. I think he's done well. But surely Milan can pick up a striker like Giardino. Well, not now. I know they haven't done it, but do you know what Well, I mean? they have in Pazzini, haven't they? Well, yeah. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's early days, yeah. Uh, who, who knows? I just think, I just think going back to me now, Allegri's a really annoying manager. Like, <laughs> when he signed, when he signed De Young, I was just like, oh, really? Mm. Yeah, because he, he's just that typical sort of functional manager. Loves a Christmas yeah. tree. Yeah, exactly. It just annoys me. It just <laughs> yeah. annoys me. Yeah. Um, well, let's go to League uh, where <gasps> their, uh, their, yeah. their former hero is now playing, and he scored again. Of course, he did. Nice he, finish as well. Two nil. Yeah, mm. two nil. PSG to lose it. Zlatan and Pastore. The defending yeah. for Pastore's was woeful. But it was you a know, lovely finish. No, but oh, it was, with yeah. Pastore's, it was one of those ones. Zlatan was about ten yards offside. The ball goes through. Mm. Now, I think it wouldn't have made any difference if he was there or not. Pastore ran through it and knocked it over the keeper. Yeah, but as little, soon as Pastore gets the dick. ball. Zlatan immediately is back into play. Yeah. And it's just, it's that rule again, isn't it? Where you think, well, no, he was well offside. But the, the, yeah, you can look at it that way, but you look at it that way because that's what's transpired. But the defender should just defend properly. Mm. Well, defend properly. Yeah, okay. it's as simple as that. It was so easy for Pastore. It gives someone that quality. The goalkeeper can't do anything because he's in no man's land. Mm. He's always going to score. Yeah, but the, the goals of the weekend were um, Alan Traore. You like that, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Proper lo- banana shot. Laurie versus Renz. A free kick. If you, if you scored w- what maybe. You know, if you score one of those goals mm. in your career, you'd be like, "That's brilliant." He scored two in one game. Probably four or five. Have you? Yeah, <laughs> for, for Lorient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not in league. Lorient, Lorient two, Rennes nil. Uh, Alan Traore, check it out on the on them internet. It's yeah. worth looking at. Yeah, two beautiful fast. goals. Um, and uh, Nice played Brest on don't the work weekend. when you say it does it um, when you say it well, well, the fixture of course the fixture if you looked at it it just said nice breast <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not even because he's staring into my eyes as he says that and I'm a little disconcerted well, because I can see it, it. Um, uh, well, I'm, 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 I'm repeat that isn't it yeah it is yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to tell you the score because yeah. that's not why I put it in it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's zoom off to South America Argentina specifically uh, one Roman Riquelme has officially had his contract at Boca suspended so he's on unpaid leave so that's a weird thing isn't it suspending his contract so at yeah. some point he's like 60 right you're up <laughs> <laughs> you've been 
playing a long game to get you on this, you exactly. shit. <laughs> yeah. He's played for Bokka for free before, hasn't he? Yeah. He has done, yeah. I mean, it is a strange one. Um, he, he, we talked about him again before, saying that he, you know, he had nothing left to give, etc., etc. And I thought he's going to retire from mm. the game. How I, old is he now? He's got to be 34, what? I think. Mm. Um, I thought he was going to retire, but no, he's, he's on unpaid leave and is free to sign for any club outside of Argentina. It's a weird one with Raquel, because he never really ran anyway. So, no, that's you know, he'd probably think, yeah. go on for a while. Yeah, um, right, El Diego suggests that um, Raquel may lacks motivation, but uh, Raquel said, "I'm not interested." In what he says. <laughs> um, so, uh, but it wasn't even though he said that. He actually, the actual quote is, "I'm not interested in whatever that guy said." <laughs> I, don't know, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, I'm not interested yeah. in what he said. It's incredible, isn't it? Two absolute legends of that club. Yeah. really been dis- and, and yeah. Palermo as well. He yeah. did, they, they can't stand him either. But he did. He did say, "You know, I've fulfilled all my dreams as a player," um, and he did say, "Now it's time for Leandro." Um, Paredes uh, to shine the young boy is yeah he's yeah. only 18 that's a nice little uh, nod I think so yeah um, but <laughs> Raquel May went on to say I feel I play better than before um, <laughs> so if you have a team just let me know and we'll kick a ball about oh we got a team Ramble <laughs> be brilliant Rupert Fry wouldn't be happy with that tough, actually no he, tough shit yeah, <laughs> if there was one man who could dislodge him from yeah. the number 10 jersey yeah. um, elsewhere in South America we go to Brazil where the mascot for the 2014 World Cup will be a Brazilian endangered armadillo endangered armadillo yeah. I'm, I'm delighted with that let's get more weird animals as um, mascots ocelots um, <laughs> oryxes are they endangered in Brazil though um, I don't think so they don't have to be endangered they'd mm. just be weird well it annoys me when they when they've got a chance of, of mascots to use animals and they don't use them they use made up creatures instead yeah, like the ones for the Euros and the ones for the Olympics yeah, we yeah. like that what about playmakers they're an endangered species oh, in Brazil yeah. mm-hmm. if we, so the Olympics would have been amazing if we had like a badger and a fox yeah it, it would have been or like a stoat and an elephant <laughs> no, not an elephant they're not really native to Britain well, it doesn't matter it's a world uh, event. You kind of missed the point of what he said. But, no, um, I'm, I'm making my own point. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but I'm making it. Well, anyway, the armadillo, um, they've whittled down the list of names to three. Amajibu, uh, Zubi, sorry, um, Fuleko and Zuzeko. I oh. think they can keep this in-house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently these names are proving unpopular in Brazil. I would have I fancied a, an Inyo in there, like a Zuzinho. I quite Zuzeko. like Zuzeko. Zuzeko is the standard Zuzeko's one. the one, but I'd prefer um, Zuzinho. Yeah, fair enough. Zizinho. That means little zoo. Zuzinho, Zuzinho was a player for Brazil. Quite, quite famous, yeah, yeah. Zuzinho. Not Zuzinho. Mm. But um, we're, we're splitting hairs, I feel. Um, FIFA have said they have until mid-November to decide which name they'll use. Um, one of the means... Get any important things sorted out. <laughs> one of the means... For the um, good of the game. Re- <coughs> Excuse me. There's a representation of friendliness and joy. Um, and the other two are an ecological message. Um, Ronaldo was the one who unveiled the mascot, saying, I'm delighted to welcome such an important member to the 2014 team. I'm sure he will inspire many young fans in Brazil and all over the world with a great passion he has for sport and his oh, yeah. country he's really going to inspire young players isn't it like before in the future, cooking like, him and eating yeah, him yeah like the, the Neymar of the next generation <laughs> yeah. will be interviewed and uh, what, you know who really inspired you oh yeah it was a cartoon armadillo actually it really made me first want to start playing <laughs> yeah, not playing my way out of poverty or yes. emulating my heroes it but was this a cartoon fictional, armadillo the, but this fictional character does have a lot of passion for his sport and country well so. that's something you didn't listen to that but obviously <laughs> um, uh, FIFA Secretary General Jerome Valka has offered his thoughts into this as if he's not uh, in pop, um, uh, what's um, he been told to do one the other yeah, well that's what I thought he said the fact that the armadillo is a vulnerable species is very fitting. One of the key objectives through the 2014 World Cup is to use the event as a platform to communicate the importance of the environment and ecology. Is it? I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty it, sure. I don't think the, it is. Pretty sure outside the World Cup final in 2010, I saw a FIFA branded cooling tower. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think um, I thought it was to do with the football and greed, um, uh, <laughs> and so not in that order. That, that should be the, the, the slogan: <laughs> football and greed, not in that order. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! Um, and the official World Cup football will be called um, Brazuca, which is an informal word which describes a, a, a nickname for Brazilians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on and so forth. So there you go. There's your there's your South American chat. Um, and now we're going to move on to an email. Ooh, Jim, oh, you've just, got the email. You're up, Jim. Chaps. Yes, good, that's good us. start. Yeah. I remember the pitch side races, which I think were ran when Ensley Insurance sponsored the football league. We were, of course, oh, we talked about, about this week. last week. Um, if memory serves, John Williams was the overall champion and secured a move to Coventry City off the back of it. <laughs> yeah, I want to say Big Ron was the manager at the time, but might be mistaken. Sounds consistent with everything I know about the man. To be honest, <laughs> uh, I am pretty sure he was a former postman. I think the races were regular on Saint and Greavesy when presenters were presenters. Right on. Uh, that's from uh, I, I don't know how you pronounce this, but it looks like Givia. I think so. I think uh, Gavin is. His Name, Gavin, right. yeah. Okay, cheers, Gav. <laughs> um, I actually found a YouTube video of it. Oh, did you? I, I, I sent the Ramble Hive Mind out in Twitter and to find it, and they found it on YouTube. And someone had video camera their TV, so it was really poor quality. <sighs> yeah. John Williams, I think, played for Swans at the time, did indeed win it. Mm. Um, and I think they, it must have got chucked off when they realised it was ridiculous because they had to play football afterwards and they yeah. get injured. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still quite a nice little touch. It's class, that. Speaking, speaking of big, big wrong, I found out today that you know when Barcelona. Uh, Got Terry Venables as their manager. No. Big Ron was the first choice. Oh my! Really? I don't know if that's true, but that's oh, what I heard. How today. different history could it be? Imagine that. Eh? Oh, Gordon Bennett. So get your emails in next for uh, show at thefootballramble.com. Yeah. Um, right, ladies and gentlemen, it's profile time, and I think it's fitting that um, due to what's been going on with regards to the the Hillsborough investigation and so on and so forth that we induct one of the greatest British footballers of all time. It's King Kenny Dalglish. Mm, yes. Big. Feels Bit. like we've already done this. I know. It? It's, I think we've done um, a number Just of Just because we've done Shankly, we've done Sunez. Yeah, yeah. He, he pops up in all of them. Yeah. That's right, yeah. But, um, uh, and what a player he was. He was born on the 4th of March, 1951. Oh, uh, 16 years before the Summer of Love. Summer <laughs> of Love. I, um, he was brought up in Glasgow and spent a part of his youth living in Govan, which is, of course, very close to where Rangers play. And he was a Rangers fan. Yeah. I, I forgot that completely, mm. actually. Well, the story goes that he... Um, when the Celtic dignitaries or whoever it was came around might even been Jock Steen actually came around to his house to try and sign him it was Sean, it was Sean Fallon the okay, Jock Steen's right. assistant didn't he, did he not, is the, is the, the, uh, the, the folklore tell is that he rushed upstairs to his bedroom and tore his Rangers posters down yeah there was yeah. something like that yeah. Yeah, well that's right um, yeah Steen told Fallon to go around there um, and, and, and the story also says that Fallon was taking his family for a day out um, by the seaside because it was his and his wife's anniversary um, but Steen had told him to go and have a quick word with Dalgleish so they went around there detoured the Past um, Dalglish's house, and just he just thought he'd have a little chat to him, something like that. Um, three hours later, he comes out of the house and he's got um, Dalglish to sign for Celtic. But his family was a bit pissed off, <laughs> <laughs> just waiting on the street. For him. Um, <laughs> um, Looking back at now, hopefully they uh, understand. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think they should. Um, before then, though, Dalglish had been down south for trials at Liverpool and mm. West Ham. Liverpool offered to extend Dalglish's trial, um, but uh, Kenny said no because he needed to return home before going down to London for his West Ham trial. But the truth was that the Rangers were playing Celtic and he, he had a ticket and he wanted to go and see the game. All <laughs> oh, right. I heard that around sort of the mid-60s that 
Liverpool tried to sign him, but Jockstein wouldn't let him go. Well, Shankly wanted him. Yeah. And it was, I think it was Shankly's regret that he never actually signed him. Because mm. yeah. he went when it was Bob Paisley, of course. Yeah. And Shankly, you watch him play and would tear his hair out. And he was annoyed that, that he kind of got away from Liverpool. Yeah, OK. Um, initially, at least. In, initially, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, you know, ten years later, he, he would be um, would be at the club. But he was the one that got away for Shankly. But they did get him. But uh, It, was, it would have been a good time to be playing for Celtic around then because Lisbon Lions were 67 weren't they well, that's right well, when he signed for Celtic um, you know a few weeks later I mean of course he was only a, a young lad he wasn't in the first team or anything but Celtic a few weeks later won the European Cup mm. so you can understand why um, I mean even being a Rangers fan when Celtic came to, to, to get him the biggest club in Europe you know. still the only Scottish club to, to have done that you know to have won the European Cup absolutely mm. Um, so I mean you know he would have probably preferred to play for Rangers well no suppose so but yeah. what do you do do you wait around waiting for them to make enough or do you go to the European Champions mm. you know? um, three years after his debut um, in 1971 he got his first goal for Celtic and it came against Rangers in, in a Scottish League Cup tie at Ibrox and it was a, it was a penalty and uh, Dalglish stepped up to take it and apparently he tied his shoelaces as he was waiting and the crowd were like giving him absolute penalties you mm. know, and, he, and, he, and he calmly slotted away which uh, would start the uh, a brilliant scoring for Celtic. Yeah, I had. To, um, I don't know how true this is. It's difficult to get sort of corroboration on this, but there was some sort of friendly that he played for the reserve team because he was in the reserve team for quite a while, he was, wasn't yeah. he? And he scored a lot of goals. Yeah. For I think on his debut, Cumbernauld United was no, he that was that was where he went on loan. That was where he went on loan. He went on your own, yeah. yeah but he played. I'm pretty sure he played a friendly uh, or some sort of testimonial or something against Kil- Kilmarnock. Yeah, uh, and it was like his first game. For Celtic in that, mm. in that sort of sphere, and I think he scored six goals, which is a decent shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, his first full season at Celtic, he scored twenty three goals in forty nine games, and then next season he got forty one goals in all competitions. So uh, he was turning heads and, um, and, and and becoming a real favourite with the crowd. He went on to become Celtic captain. He won the league four times with them, the Scottish Cup four times, and the League Cup once. Um, and and his, his record for Celtic is 321, uh, 320 games and 167 goals, which is very good. I mean, he, he wasn't an out-and-out front man as no. well. Second striker, or just behind mm. the big man, wasn't he? Yeah, he was superb for them, you know, and he's one of the Celtic greats, of course. And during his time there, he did establish himself as a regular in the Scottish national team. You know, he played in the 74 and the 78 World Cup, when the Scots really did have a, a really good side. They were the best team in Britain, you would have argued, because England never got there and, and neither did anybody else uh, from the British. Charles Park from Scotland but they a little bit disappointing you know going out in the first round especially in 78 with Ali's army yeah. they were, expected big things I mean, he scored against Holland they beat Holland 3-2 which yeah, actually you know, yeah that's right uh, in between in between World Cups he did have a very fine moment for Scotland when he nutmegged Ray Clements against England at Hampden it's huge. Yeah, <laughs> it really huge. is. I mean, talk about folklore. I mean, there will be Scottish football fans who will say that's genuinely the best moment of their life. <laughs> <laughs> um, he tormented England defences on, on a few occasions, certainly. Um, and then Bob Paisley uh, bought him for Liverpool for 440000 Uh Liverpool had just sold Kevin Keegan. It was replacement for him, wasn't it? It was, yeah. What year was that? 77. Yeah. Uh, you know, Keegan was absolutely huge for Liverpool. As yeah. well. I think there was some scepticism at first that Douglas should be able to step up to it. But yeah. Um, you know, didn't Keegan, last long before he Keegan himself could. said, "Kenny may prove a better player for Liverpool than I did," and he was right. right. Yeah. He's just lacked confidence. Yeah, <laughs> sort of thing Keegan would say, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Pete's not here. Should That's enough. <laughs> and he filled Keegan's number seven jersey very well indeed. Um, and uh, he, again, joining a side who had just become European champions. Mm. Um, but even then, I mean, you join a team who just become European champions. 
and they've got great players throughout. But even then, Dalglish still added something to yeah. that team. Well, they won it in '78, didn't they? They won the European Cup in '78, yeah. and, and the winner. And he scored the winner, you know. And and that was his final, the last thing he did of, of an incredible season. It was incredible such an first incredible um, team that Liverpool had during that period. And, and Dalglish was there for the majority of, of yeah. you know their, their dominance, and you know just. His contribution cannot be underplayed to yeah. that. To, to you know, make it, they were the, the leading team in Europe. Really. Yeah, I love what you said about the goal against Club Rouge. Where he actually said in an interview that because it's a great finish, someone yeah. slips him in. Marvin Souness slips him in, and he goes in the, through the right channel, and the keeper comes out and he dinks over him. Mm. It's a great finish. And yeah. he actually said that he'd seen um, I forget who it was, but another Liverpool player go through twice mm. and have it saved by the keeper. And he said, I knew then that keeper goes down very quickly. So yeah. if I get a chance, I'm lifting it over him. Yeah. That's exactly what he it's did. Great. Oh, he's yeah. just a really busy player in the great box. Great Absolute like handful. But very mm. intelligent player though. And he's only he's only five foot eight was was mm. He's not the biggest. Uh, but very strong, technically superb as well. But he was uh, with both feet, by the way. Yeah, but a glorious touch, you know. Just one of those players is just a delight to watch, you know. Mm. And, and and so intelligent, as you say. I mean, he scored inside seven minutes of his league debut against Middlesbrough, and then his first appearance in front of the cop, and then he scores the winner in the European Cup final. Mm. Just. What a season! It's decent start. <laughs> it really is, you know, and it's a different country as well. I mean, I know England, Scotland, it's, it's, pulls it, apart, but still. Do you know it really hits home for me when you see players of that era and you see someone at like Souness um, or, or Dalglish or whatever on the telly, and, you, and maybe I don't know for whatever reason you don't agree with what they're saying or you start to doubt the point they're making, and it'll flash up three times European Cup winner. Yeah. You go, all right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um, next season he was voted Footballer of the Year Because that is mental by the way By the football writers yeah. They're winning that many Three European Cups times, yeah. Some of the greatest players in our, Of our generation yeah, yeah. Like people like you know, I don't know Like Paul Scholes They've not won three European Cups Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Doug Leach was a kind of player That when the fans watched him I'm sure they'd have known That they were seeing An all time great In front of their eyes mm. You know Like yeah. you know When you see Messi now You think This, this guy will guy, be talked yeah. about Forever mm. And Dalglish Was, he's, was mm. one of those players You know In front of the cop And then Ian Rush came along To Liverpool And joined the party And he linked superbly well mm. And Dalglish and Rush did Assisting the, the big Welshman On so many occasions And Dalglish himself Scored 172 goals For Liverpool For crying out loud Do you have his assist statistics I imagine they would have been high As well He's one of those Brilliant players That would just make As many goals Oh absolutely Absolutely phenomenal. I'm sure he's probably had more than goals for Liverpool, you know. Yeah. Um, and then on the international scene in 1984, he scored his last ever goal for Scotland, taking him to uh, 30 international goals after playing in 1982, scoring against New Zealand. He equaled Dennis Law's record of 30. He played another couple of years and finished with 102 caps. Mm. So over 100 caps at international level. It's decent, yeah. isn't it? When they had a good it, side and, and, and the, you know, holds, joint, joint holds a record with 30. Well, they, they won the European Cup Liverpool in 81 as well, didn't they? Beat Real Madrid in the final. Mm. And um, Laurie Cunningham played for Real Madrid started that game oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. He's, in, he's in the old Hall of Fame as well he is indeed um, at 34 um, years of age he took over Liverpool as, uh, as player manager in now, this is where it all gets a bit Roy the Rovers isn't it, it this does, is yeah. incredible well, it, it stop was just missing after... out European Cup wins he <laughs> 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 won the European Cup in 84 as well well uh, sadly of course that was not long after the Heisel Stadium disaster so he took over a very very um, mm. sensitive and, and very Sad time for the club you because know. They, they, were, they were holders of the European Cup in '84, and in '85 yeah. they were beaten by Juventus. That's they? right. In the that's Arsenal right. Stadium, yeah. So the club really needed somebody, a big, 
a big man to get things going again for them in, in, in that kind of sense. And and he was the man to do it. He was the everybody wanted him to do it. But he was still a player. Yeah, well, this is the thing. You see this all the time. You, yeah. you know, Alan Shearer at Newcastle is a yeah. great example. You know, fans want one of their like you know returning heroes or even mm. one of their current heroes to save the club, and it so rarely works out. Yeah. Like, in fact, this is the only real example I can think of that's worked to this degree. And it's it's incredible that yeah. Doug Leash, and you know, while a player took yeah. on the responsibilities of being the manager and still had them winning things well, and still had them competing. To take over as manager after the Heisel Stadium disaster would have been such a task. Mm. But yeah. to take over as a manager, still be playing, and still keep them at the top of their game winning trophies it's just he played all the way up to like 89 didn't he his last appearance 90 like, I gave him 90 yeah but I mean he, he he very much it was only a couple of appearances yeah and that's, and that's what's really commendable about it as well he knew when to take himself out of the situation and give other players a chance he I, knew when he, his experience would be needed yeah. I like the thinking like 89, 90 it was a bit like come on I'll show you again I'll, remember, <laughs> I'll give you a reminder what you should be doing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah well um, in the first season um, he was in charge as you said Jim it was rather over stuff league and cup double yeah. And unbelievable and he, unbelievable <laughs> and he scored the only goal of the game in the last of the season for Liverpool for Melchester to, cl- to, yeah. <laughs> to clinch them the league put it into perspective really we should uh, just to show how special a player he was I mean, you've got players who will have, be decent football players who have a whole career in the game yeah. and they will probably it'll be the highlight of their career to win a trophy mm. yeah, Douglas dealt almost exclusively in trophies <laughs> he, yeah. he won so many trophies yeah. it was borderline unbelievable yeah. he was such a good player you know I mean this is the player that Franz Beckenbauer said um, one of the greatest players in the history of football oh yeah, yeah. that's Franz that's Beckenbauer, Beckenbauer saying that you know this, this man it's, it's not to be underestimated for our younger listeners yeah. who maybe only remember him recently from managing Liverpool or being a bit of an ambassador he was a phenomenal player you know, the greatest player in the history of Liverpool Football club, mm. yeah, the number one player who shook the cop, which is the name of their That's right. greatest player. You know, it's, it cannot be said enough how good he was. I heard Pele rates him as well. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't actually. <laughs> Does he De- not? Diego doesn't rate him. No. That, yeah, that makes yeah. it even more the better. Yeah. Um, and then he brought in John Aldridge and Peter Beardsley, which yeah. is another. But that was interesting because he brought them in together to be a strike partnership, mm. which is quite you know unusual. It's a bold move, isn't it? Yeah, but my like goodness. Carolyn Suarez in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my goodness, but much, did Aldridge much, much better? better. Aldridge yeah. and Beardsley worked, didn't it? Um, one of the big things in Dalglish's time at Liverpool was, of course being in charge on that fateful day at Hillsborough in 1989 when they played Nottingham Forest and Dalglish's presence and efforts if you like after the tragedy has been described by many as colossal and and heroic again he proved what a just uh, an incredible character he was and he went to I think all of or or certainly the vast majority of the funerals you know which is is incredible I think he showed that um, not only being a magnificent football player that he was actually you know a very high quality individual as well you know he he carried himself from what I can remember because I do remember it um, I was quite young but I still remember it he carried himself with immense dignity and class and integrity throughout the entire thing you know and it's actually something that contributed to him leaving the post at Liverpool wasn't it that's right it did weigh very heavily on his heart as you would imagine it would do because it's almost like he took in the same way that Shankly sort of I suppose felt like he represented Liverpool as a city yeah. and, and said that you know, this club means a lot to the people you know I think Dalglish saw himself as a bit of an ambassador and as he should have done as the manager and and I, th- I guess it as I say weighed very heavily on his heart you know it was it was, it was a real shame to mm. see he went to a lot of the funerals of the fans I think he went to three mm. or four in a day at one, one point mm. he was really dedicated to doing everything he could it just speaks so highly of him, his, his own actions. And Dalglish, he, he didn't leave Liverpool at the end of the season after, after the Hillsborough tragedy. 
and, he, and you know you could have understood if in the summer he'd have gone I'll tell you what I need a break from football you know mm. having su- done all that mm. it, it was almost as if he guided Liverpool through that time through the stormy water sort exactly of thing, yeah. and then he left um, in, in, in 91 and again it just showed you what an incredible character he was and how much he loved that club and the city and the, how much they loved him as well mm. I mean his record as, as manager in, in charge of Liverpool three league titles two FA Cups and, and, and a League Cup Hmm. Yeah, incredible. Just as a manager, that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and playing as well, playing yeah. manager. Yeah. Just uh, all, all rolled into one. Doug Leach left Liverpool in, in 1991, and later that year would take charge of Blackburn Rovers, who were in the second division at the time. Mm. Well, we were talking in the uh, entertainers profile about um, Keegan managing yeah. to take Newcastle up and, and do so well. And Keegan, uh, Doug Leach did a similar thing, didn't he, with Blackburn? He really, really just got them flying pretty much immediately. But he, but he went one step further yeah. than Keegan and won, it, won, the, won the league. Um, he took them up um, almost straight away and signed Alan Shearer in the close season for, for 3.5 million from Southampton. Finished fourth in their first season back in the top. Amazing. Mm. It really is. Yeah, it's amazing. I know it was a few years ago, but yeah. still. Um, and then they finished second the following season, hot on Manchester United's heels. And and Doug Leach had put together quite some side at this point. Yeah, Tim Flowers, David Batty, Chris Sutton, they were all there. Mm. Um, they were a great team. They really were. Really play, yeah. Colin Hendry at the back. Yeah. Colin and Hendry is magnificent. Sutton player. and Shearer formed quite the partnership. Yes, He'd like to strike partnership, didn't he? He did, um, yeah, Doug he really Leach. did. And, uh, and they won the league. Yeah, and they, of course, they lost at Anfield on the final day of the season, but Manchester United failed to beat West Ham in yeah. that famous run in. McCloskey mm. had the game of his life. Oh, mm. didn't he just? Mm. And, and, Sponsored uh, by Skoda, wasn't he, McCloskey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird. And, and Dalgleish and Blackburn Rovers won the league. Um, and he became the third manager to have won the top flight in England with two different teams, along with Herbert Chapman and Brian Clough. Good company, esteemed company. Yeah, they're both uh, dwarfers. Uh, and he moved upstairs pretty soon after winning the league at Blackburn and, and then would soon leave the club. And then he went to Newcastle, which we spoke about the entertainers. Didn't fare mm. quite so well there. Um, and after which he went to Celtic uh, and won the League Cup. Yeah. Well, he didn't stay too long at, at Celtic. And then years after leaving Celtic, um, he was out of the game for over a decade, I think. Incredibly, came back to Liverpool, which was obviously mm. very recently, and we talked a lot about that. On, well, he started in, off as an ambassador run. sort of role, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, he led Liverpool to League Cup glory and then FA, FA Cup final. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, the man they call King Kenny voted the club's greatest ever player will always be loved uh, the, uh, by the Anfield faithful. I mean, you've got, you've got a player there who, uh, Liverpool, one of the great clubs in the history of football. Yeah. You know, they one of the biggest clubs in the world have been for an awful lot of time and, and he's been voted their best ever player it's, you don't really see yeah, him that. Huge. Yeah. Mm. well Bob Paisley the man who continued Shankly's great work at Liverpool all those years ago and then took Liverpool to the top of Europe said this about Dale Gleish he said of all the players I've played alongside managed and coached in more than four decades he is the most talented and you I mean, can't argue with that <laughs> and King Kenny comes into the team with that's all of fame Marvellous stuff. Right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. If you want to get in touch with us, the email address is show at thefootballramble.com. The Twitter is at footballramble, and the website is thefootballramble.com. Easy to remember. Mm. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I've got a little plug as Go well. On then, Same as last week. Uh, I'm doing a showcase at the Soho Theatre, 25th of September. Tickets available on the Soho Theatre website. Oh, and I've contributed to a book which is out this week. Um, it's called Life's a Pitch. 
um, which is uh, it's basically a book about football where each different a different writer contributes a different chapter about a different thing. Um, it's well worth buying. You get it on Amazon. Uh, my my chapter is um, obviously about Portsmouth, <laughs> but um, oh, I could have written about loads of stuff, but I just chose Portsmouth. Yeah. Uh, so shut up. No, it's it's good though. Just check it out. Amazon.com. Uh, it's called Life's a Pitch. There you go. And I'm bringing sexy back. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me, you beauties. Thank you.